This episode is about a geopolitical shift and a trend that to me occurred primarily during the year 2022 and what you and I should be thinking about for the coming months and possibly the rest of 2023, maybe even beyond 2023. Now, I cannot predict the future, nor can you or most people cannot either. There are trends, there are geopolitical trends and these are pointed trends that I think we can reliably work on. The big trend, in my view, is the arrival of what is known as multipolarity. And I'll get into that definition in a minute or two. And this multipolarity is driven primarily by two things. And I've simplified it so everyone can understand. Number one, the self-destruction of the West. Number two, the self-realization of the rest. And this is the simplest way for me to identify this for you. He thinks again, the self-destruction of the West and the self-realization of the rest. So what is a multipolar world? Or even, what is the meaning of the word multipolar? Well, let's look at the word. Polar sounds to me like North and South Pole. But in this case, I think it's more as in a stick in the ground or indeed many sticks in the ground. So you've got uni, which is one stick in the ground, phi, two sticks in the ground, and multi, more than two sticks in the ground. Uni, as in unipolar world, is the post-1991 world after the collapse of the USSR that had left the USA as the sole hegemonic power. Phi, as in bipolar world, is the one after 1945 at the end of World War II, leaving the USA and the USSR as the two main poles. Multi, as in multipolar world, is the world, at least to me, one that started that day Russia invaded Crimea in Ukraine in 2014. To me, that one singular event crystallized the post-Iraq war United States. In short, one unable and unwilling to respond to that specific event against a sworn specific enemy and an enemy that had been an enemy for the previous 100 years. The West has hated the Russians, period, full stop, end of sentence. At that point, at that point when Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014, we went from the unipolar USA-led world order known to NATO members as the rules-based order, to one that had many more active players. Just when you live through these events, you don't witness it. It kind of feels like it suddenly happens. The reality is, when we sit here in the future, say, like I am right now in January 2023, this vantage point, when I look back, it becomes increasingly apparent that that moment did signal the end of the unipolar and the arrival of a multipolar world order. Also notable is that other than the 2017 to 2021 Trump years, where the US gained, managed to regain strength, the years since the 2003 invasion of Iraq has otherwise seen a slow and gradual erosion of US power. Also, and very importantly, in parallel, a slow arrival of other powers to challenge the hegemonic power. In the post-2014 world, the multiple poles include India, China, Russia, 
Brazil, South Africa, Indonesia, Mexico, Saudi, Iran, Turkey, among others. In other words, countries who can take decisions independent of the hegemon. Now, you as the listener may not like some of those names that I mentioned. You may have an adverse reaction to say Saudi Arabia or Iran, or you may look down on countries like Mexico or Brazil or Russia. But be in no doubt, these are emerging entities and they have independence from the ruling hegemon. That's important. So let me repeat again. Countries able to take and make decisions independent of the hegemon. That hegemon would be the US in case you don't know. So why then is this the case? Why over the last, say, 20 years, as I narrate this episode, has the unipolar world given way to multipolarity? Well, I would say there are multiple factors, and here are some big ones. This is in no particular order, by the way, so I'll go with this first one. Causing trouble all over the world. That is the West, by the way. And causing trouble all over the world with impunity. That's right, with impunity. Examples, the Iraq wars and getting away with it. The Afghan invasion and then the withdrawal and getting away with it. The bombing of Serbia and then getting away with it. The removal of Gaddafi in Libya and then getting away with it. The involvement in Syria and then getting away with it. And other historical wars such as Vietnam. Secondly, NATO expansion. NATO expansion basically means moving the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, remember North Atlantic, from the northern part of Europe all the way to the borders of historical Russia. And of course, if you are Russia, that is a big no-no and a big, huge problem. Thirdly, the growing power of Russia, China, and India. What does that mean? Primarily, that means the arrival of the BRICS. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And potentially other countries too. It also means the SCO. And what that really means is that there are now groupings of countries and organizations that exclude Western spheres of influence. In other words, these new bodies have no Western organizations or countries in them. The West is removed from them, therefore they are not part and parcel of making and taking decisions in them. Fourthly, weaponization of the US dollar, which has been happening for decades. What this basically means is that the US can do what it wants in an economic sense, and I air quote, economically punish certain countries, which leads me on to the next point. Number five, sanctions on a whip. It's related to the US dollar because the US controls the US dollar. And therefore, if they want to put sanctions on a country they don't like, they can just stop them from using the US dollar, which would cause the problem. The sanctions have also gone too far. And many people are just done with these sanctions. For example, you can sanction a country if you're the US for just about anything, including you having a bad day. Oh, let's just sanction someone. 
That's the problem. They are at a different extreme. Oh, speaking of extremes, number seven. Or is it number six now? Number six, bizarre and stupid Western reaction to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Absolutely nuts. Overreaction to what is essentially a skirmish on the border of Russia and Ukraine. Number seven, extreme liberalism in Western societies, whether that's stuff like critical race theory or extreme wokeism. This extremist liberal ideology has its limits outside of Western societies. Number eight, economic power shifts underway from the West, away from the West, to essentially everywhere else, with a bunch of Western countries right now in January 2023 suffering from inflation and consumption crashes. Number nine, everyone, everyone is done with the Eurocentric view of the world. 200 years is long enough. And number 10, Western hubris and a leadership crisis in the West. Now, Western hubris basically means they think they're the best, but they're not. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you need to have a slap in the face to understand you're not the best. Leadership crisis. All one has to do is look at Boris Johnson, Liz Truss, Olaf Scholz, Joe Biden to really understand that there is a massive leadership crisis in the West right now. And if I had to add just one more, and I would add this, and that is that everyone and their dog is simply fed up to the bad teeth with constant appeasement of Western aggression. That's it. Everyone is just done with it. Now, can the rest of the world continue to appease Westernism and liberal fundamentalism anymore? This is the question, and it is a good question, because as of January 2023, the general trend is that most other countries, at least the big ones, the more ones that do matter, the countries I've mentioned already, who are not under Westernism or under liberal fundamentalist ideology, are not following the liberal world order. People are tired of Western lecturing. To me, it's okay that Saudi is not a democracy. It's okay that North Korea is a dictatorship. It's okay that Venezuela is a leftist country, and it's okay that Hungary is a rightist country. That works for them, and it's their own business. Liberal Westernism, and ultimately that terrible ongoing crusading zeal, has been a pain in the neck for far too long. Woke liberals will say to foreign governments stuff like, well, you don't do anything for climate change. Or, you kill your journalists. Or, you need a free press, or you need to implement these woke rules. And while you're at it, fight your neighbor for us so you can stay weak and we don't stay weak. And if you don't fight your neighbor, why don't you have a good old-fashioned civil war? And if you don't, we'll just bomb you and then also sell you arms. We, by the way, also want your raw materials, and that too on the cheap. Enough, don't you think? And on top of that, their own societies have had the cushion of wealth, cheap energy, and unlimited defense support from the US that in turn also attracts illegal economic refugees from places like North Africa, Middle East, and Central America. And why? Well, if you want to stop this illegal immigration, you need to protect your borders, don't destroy other people's countries, and try to stay in your own lane. The appeasement, yes, the appeasement of the West is done. 
75 years is a long, long time appeasing people who want to then consume themselves like they are today with putting men in women's sport, yes, and unable to define the difference between men and women. That's Western society today. I think this Western virtues signaling has become tiresome to say the least. No one in the government of India is telling the US to give back stuff to the natives, call a woman a woman, and no one in India is telling men that they should be in women's sports. That's the US's business. That kind of virtue signaling that the West does and crusading zeal that the West has culturally does not happen outside the Western mindset. The multipolar world is as much a reaction to liberal extremism and to the so-called Western values as it is about giving everyone options. Once you have options, you can pick and choose. Competition is a good thing. In a multipolar world, everyone has a choice. Sri Lanka has a choice. They are a small country, so are highly liable geopolitically to be vulnerable. But they can choose between lesser evils. India, China, others, the US, it's open season. I don't want to pretend for a second that the US and its vassal states won't fight to prevent the coming multipolar system. But I also think that the trends have shifted during 2022. Everyone saw ultimately that even after the West threw sanctions on Russia in 2022, Russia survived even thrived. That might not be possible for everyone, but the sheer fact that this happened gives hope to many countries in the so-called global south that the end is nigh for unipolarity of the US and its accompanying warmongering woke lecturing and more of a free-for-all is coming up soon. This has to be and indeed should be a scary moment for Western countries. The entire Western ecosystem centered on European civilization is essentially at risk. Europe is a soft underbelly of this ecosystem that is essentially also at risk and it's at risk of losing hegemony for the first time in 200 years. The power shift to China, India, Russia, Indonesia, the Arabs broadly, possibly the Iranians, to some degree and possibly the Turks, alongside newbies like South Africa and Brazil, is to me the single biggest geopolitical event since the Europeans burst onto the African and Asian scene. Just as the Americas were losing the European grip, the rest were getting it. The peak, the peak of this Western hegemony was, I would argue, from about 1815, when the Napoleonic Wars concluded, to about the Russian jump on Crimea in Ukraine in the year 2014. That's 200 years. That's a good run. Multipolarity is actually, would you believe, the normal way of the world. It has been since the dawn of time. Not bipolarity or unipolarity. Looks like the empires, the nations, the countries, the groups, the alliances, and trade and all of that stuff is moving or has moved back to where it should be. Things are about to get literally back to normal for most of us. But it will seem like a bumpy transition for those of you who live in the West and for those of you who are so drunk on their own place in the world. Only time will tell and I intend to keep an eye on these developments over the course of this year. Again, in summarization, the multipolar world is coming, not because some event, massive event has happened, but because the West has decided to pull the trigger on itself, shoot itself in the foot, and the rest of the world has simply had enough and decided it's time to move on.